For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting a coach. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look of what the support system experiences but no one discusses. So grab a drink, sit back and listen, because we're about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everyone. Hi. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We have two special guests for an interview, and we are so pumped because usually we only have one. So it's double the fun this time. So we are going to let them introduce themselves and just kind of dive in, and they are part of the basketball world. Hey, everyone. My name is Allie Christian. My husband is the head coach at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. We We just wrapped up our first season there after spending a year in Albany, New York at Siena College. And then we spent, I think, five years at Mount St. Mary's, which is where we met. We both went to college there. I played softball and he obviously played basketball there. And we didn't meet until after we both graduated. He's a little bit older than I am. So I came back for an alumni weekend and had met him. And then kind of the rest is history. I think what's interesting with our situation is I met my husband after he was already a head coach. So I thank the lucky stars every day and have so much empathy for assistant coaches' wives because I just, I can't imagine um, what it was like. I'm lucky enough to have met him when he was a head coach. He has a son, Jacoy, so I am also a stepmom, which I love. I love and cherish that role, especially with coaching. It's one that I'm very hands-on with um, in terms of coordinating and logistics and making sure Jacoy gets to the games and is around as much as possible. So I am a stepmom, and then I also work in digital marketing. So I have a full-time job leading a team in the automotive industry with paid media. So those are all my hats. And then of course, I'm also an aunt. So I'll pass it over to Elizabeth to introduce herself. Hi, everybody. My name is Elizabeth Christian. And my husband, Jarrell, um, coaches with the Washington Wizards. He's an assistant coach for the Wizards. And he is the brother of Jamian, who Allie just introduced, um, who's the coach at George Washington. Jarrell and I have been, we met in college, so we've been together for a long time, and I've seen him go through all the stages of 
college coaching to the G League coaching to now NBA coaching. It's been a crazy but super fun ride to be on. And we have two little boys, um, Jaden and Luca. And uh, it's been such a cool experience living in the same city as Allie and Jamie and something that I don't think we ever um, anticipated. We kind of always crossed paths in where their coaching journeys took them. So it's been really awesome to be so close to them. For the last year and a half, I am a stay-at-home mom, but I also work from home. I own a small bakery. And so... Probably those are probably the largest hats that I wear. I always, I always say that coaches' wives are like Mary Poppins. Like it doesn't matter what exactly the task is. You just pull that rabbit out of the hat and you keep it moving. So that's something that I do on a daily basis. I love that. You guys are so well seasoned with your intros. I love it. It was so perfect. And it's such a cool experience to have both of you guys on here for us, kind of share the differences between the different levels and kind of you guys have both had different journeys. So I'm really interested to hear about Elizabeth. I want to hear your, your journey first, since I know that you've been in it a little bit longer and gone through the rankings. So can you talk about like your beginning of like your journey? Um, Jarrell is four years older than I am. So he technically shouldn't have been at my school with me. Uh, we met in college. I played volleyball and he played basketball and he actually got his first coaching job through a grant program at our alma mater. So he became an assistant coach that way. And then he was in D3 and then he went to D2, back to D3, I think for four, four or five years. I should know that. And then we moved to Oklahoma to um, start his journey with the NBA through the, it was called the developmental, the D league at that point. And he was, we were in Oklahoma for four years in that role with Oklahoma city thunder. And then the last, um, (laughs) then actually he was hired as the head coach for the now G league in DC for the capital city go-go. So he was the head coach for a year and now he's an assistant coach with the wizards. I, I need like a cheat sheet, honestly. <laughs> I always get stuck on the the years. Everyone's like, when were you here? I'm like, I don't know. Before <laughs> here and after here, the years, you know, they all blend together. So Allie, I want to hear from you. So jumping right into the head coaching position, that is like a lot. And I know that Elizabeth was probably like, listen here. This is what is all happening and it's all going down. But were you just a little overwhelmed in the beginning? Like, did you have that moment where you're like, what is happening? Like, how did I get into this? I still have those moments, actually. Um, But I think that what really helped is that he was the coach at our alma mater. So it was the same athletic director as I had as an athlete, you know, the same support staff and it was my school. So I think it would have been even more overwhelming if it was a brand new school that we didn't know. You know, we took the Siena job without ever being to Albany. So that was, I think, more of like a culture shock and like, oh my goodness, like I have to meet all these brand new people and the role really elevated. But I think I got you know, a good like soft landing into the coach's wife role in that when I came on, you know, and we started dating, I knew everyone already. And, you know, I, I was an alumni, so I was proud and and cheering for the team. And now it just kind of elevated because I was in love with the head coach. So I think that really helped. And I'm the only girl of six brothers. So I have three brothers and three stepbrothers. So I've grown up in the gym. We were always busy. We never went on family vacations because someone always had a game or practice. And so that's kind of how I've just always lived. And so 
when my friends would ask like, don't you hate that from October to April, basically, you know, your life is in a gym. And I'm like, but I don't know any other way. You know, it would have been crazy if, or, you know, I wasn't athletic or I didn't have, you know, brothers that were athletes. And I kind of just was all of a sudden expected to, you know, live in a gym, but that's how I grew up. So that kind of helped too. And then I also take like head coach's wife job really seriously. Like I spent some time in Atlanta before Jamin and I dated. And so game days, I get up for game days. I can't walk past an outfit if it's like our school colors. I have to stop and be like, I think I need that, you know, or like accessories. Buff and blue accessories right now are like prime time for me. So those kinds of things like I get really excited about and you know, the nervousness of game day is not necessarily for the game, but it's like everything else around, like, you know, making sure I say hi to these people and, you know, wave to that person over there and, you know, that kind of stuff. And of course, my seats are right behind the bench. So I know that everyone's kind of, I, I hate to say watching, but, you know, they are kind of watching what, what we're doing. <laughs> I'm the same way. I grew up like with sports. So I totally agree that side of it. But so you have each other, which is awesome. That's so cool that you guys get to like you know, bounce things off of each other, vent, do all the things. Do you guys have like a different schedule than for the holidays? Because I know that obviously basketball runs through the holidays. So do you guys do something like after altogether? One of the things that changed when we went from college to pro sports is that college kids are still allowed to celebrate holidays in a traditional fashion. They are able to go home and or celebrate, you know, with the rest of the team. The NBA, you know, those are big money days for games. So they play on holidays. So that was like a huge transition for us trying to figure out like, okay, Christmas, he's away or Christmas, he's home or, you know, okay, New Year's, he's away or Thanksgiving, he's home. Like, the kind of philosophy that we adapted 10 years ago is that a holiday is just a day. It doesn't matter the exact day you celebrate on. As long as you celebrate together, it doesn't matter if it's the Thursday before Thanksgiving or two weeks after my kid's birthday. Like, as long as we're celebrating together, there is no actual day that it needs to happen on. I love that. And Elizabeth and I were joking, like, for birthday parties and stuff. It's like, okay, well, nap time is this time, but game time is at four. So let's have the birthday party from two to four. And then we'll run to the game, you know, with the kids, with the, you know, birthday cake on their face. We'll just put them in the car and go. So we kind of work, you know, well together in that it's not going to be perfect. And like Elizabeth said, it's, it may not be on the day, but, you know, the turkey tastes the same the next Thursday after. Or, you know, so we really cherish the fact that it's about the celebration and not the day. Our reality right now, too, is that we're able to do things like that. Like, we're able to schedule, mm -hmm. you know, a kid's birthday while Jamie has a game at home or while the Wizards are playing at home. And the reality is in another year, we may not be able to do that. So I don't right. think we have to have a birthday at halftime at the game. Like, we're going <laughs> to work so our family is together. Because we, we won't have that opportunity again for a while. Yeah, I think that that's so special that you guys realize how like much of a hidden gym that is that you guys are so close together because this is Brittany's first like very, I consider it a far away move. And um, it's just so hard when you just can't jump on that one flight and go see, you know, to get back to California or like when we lived in Washington to get back to Texas, it was like an all day process. So I just love that you guys have each other because it is so special and so relationship talk how do you make time for each other because you're gone like they're gone all the time so I do know that with basketball um, they're gone for multiple nights it's not like football where they have their away game and come home on the same evening so 
Tell me a little bit about what you guys do. Do you have like a designated date night or just whenever you can fit it in? What do you do? I'll let Allie take this one. <laughs> I think for, for me, it depends on where we are within the season. But Damien actually jokes that I'm one of his best recruiters because if there's a, a week where he's like super busy and has to go, well, in normal times, watch games, like high school games and stuff. I will jump in the car and go with him. Or if he has to make like a drive to go, you know, meet with a recruit or their family, I'll jump in the car and go with him. And so it's untraditional in that we're not going to a restaurant and sitting down. We might be driving through a fast food restaurant on the way to, you know, a recruit's house. But, you know, we we get creative and it's just about spending the time together. Our most productive actual conversations happen in the car because we're always moving, we're always on the road. And so I can either choose to, you know, be at home and not spend that time or, you know, jump in the car there and back for a four hour trip or whatever it is. And so there will be times, especially during the recruiting live periods where I will spend nights and weekends in a high school gym watching high school basketball and it's better than the alternative. So that's kind of how we spend our time or, or make time for each other when he's so busy. I think you learn to speak their language, which for Jarrell is like he breaks down film like that's a lot of what he does and even when he's not supposed to he can't even like watch a sporting event without him stopping pausing rewinding I know all the slants all the coverages talk to me I can do it and that is like the reality is also we have two kids and other than Allie and Jamie and we don't have any other family here so it's where We both are in basketball season, but they're not, they don't always line up. So it's not like we have a, you know, built-in babysitter or anything like that. So us going away from our kids is not always the most ideal. So we just try to like make it count when we're at home, which a lot of times ends up us breaking down basketball film, which is cool. I'm fine with that. So I think when you learn to speak their language, whether that's, you know, recruiting and having those conversations in the car or watching more basketball, just make it count where we can. What a cool perspective. I've actually never heard that before. We've done a bunch of these interviews and we kind of try to always ask that question, like how you make time for each other. And I love that that answer. But with what you're saying, I guess, what are the differences between their schedules? So what does college basketball look like? What does the NBA look like? Give us the rundown. <laughs> COVID or like now? <laughs> yeah, give us, give us both. So Jarrell actually went into the bubble with the Wizards. So he was gone for five and a half weeks. Um, which is in 11 years, the longest we've ever been like apart. Typically a season runs from August season. So when they start like preseason workouts, the draft and everything normally happens in July. They start in August and they go and playoffs go until June. So it runs all year long, (laughs) basically. Now um, in NBA, they don't recruit like they do in college. So um, I prefer their schedule that Jarrell has because he does have like designated off time in the summer. There is a lot more flexibility than there ever was when he worked in college. And I know Jamie's schedule and I know that it never stops. And so the months are pretty similar in terms of when they play their games and how the seasons are structured that way. But the travel is different. Um, how long they're gone before they come home and um, just with recruiting it kind of makes the college season last even longer than the NBA season. And I feel like Durrell in the NBA their road trips are longer even you know the bubble was six weeks yes but Elizabeth will say you know Durrell's on a road trip for a week and a half and 
because college, you know, normally the guys have to get back to class and they have to be on campus. So Damien's longest road trip during the season will be, you know, the longest four days other than a holiday tournament or, you know, whatever, which I usually travel with them too. So I think that's a little different and something that I give Elizabeth so much credit because she has two babies and Darrell's like, all right, you know, I'll be gone for a week and a half. And meanwhile, you know, Jamin's gone for four days and I'm like, okay, you can come home now. <laughs> yeah. I actually just want to jump in real quick because I did not know that he was in the bubble. So did you guys decide not to go into the bubble? You couldn't be actually once you made it out of the first round of the playoffs or even it was supposed to be the second round of the playoffs, but they changed that and they started allowing families to come in at the end of the first round of the playoffs. So the family started arriving, I think a week and a half ago. However, like the quarantine period, once you get into the bubble was a week. So you could be in the hotel, but you had to quarantine away from your um, significant other for a week. Or there's different protocol, depending on where you're coming from, you had to be COVID tested every day, uh, four days prior to leaving. And then like the first two or three days, once you get there, it's a very intense process. Darrell was COVID tested every single day for five weeks while he was there, but it works. You know, they have, they've had no positive cases pre-family coming in. I'm not sure how that's going to shake things up but it is a system that was working for them. But even if we had been allowed to go in the bubble, I'm not sure we would have because of how incredibly limited everything was um, in the bubble for families. At the end of the day, I'm still gonna be the only one like watching my kids or trying to wrangle them. It's different when you wrangle them at a, you know, a game where they can run up and down the aisle and touch other people and you know, all the things that kids do at these games. I'm pretty sure my youngest shares popcorn with whoever we're sitting next to. Um, it's like a whole different situation. So I think it was easier for Jarrell to focus on what he was doing. It was an incredible opportunity to be able to experience something so unconventional and a growth period for him. And we just got to be virtual fans and cheered him on from our home. So it was it was the best case scenario for us. Yeah, that's also interesting, that whole concept of the bubble, because I mean, we know nothing about it. So that was very insightful to understand. But I do we do get this question a lot um, with players connecting with them um, and like doing things with them and being able to really feel like um, you're forming that relationship. So can you kind of give us some insight on how you do that? Yeah. So during COVID, it was actually really fun. Jamie had organized meditation and yoga with the guys. So we did med- meditation every Monday morning and then yoga was Friday nights. And so I jumped on there with them and, you know, was like, hey guys. And everyone was like, oh, hey. And, you know, we'd get in tree pose and every, you'd hear all the guys be like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, but it was just fun. Like I do want them, you know, to be comfortable around me and and be a support system for them. So I do make an effort to do that. And, you know, we have them over our house. Well, we used to at least three or four times a year. We host Thanksgiving here. Um, when we're home, you know, we typically have a game either Wednesday or Friday of Thanksgiving week. And so we'll host the team and their families for Thanksgiving. We have them over in the summers. Jacoy loves having them at the house. He thinks it's like the coolest thing. He's like showing them his Nerf guns and all his video games and seeing him with the guys all in the basement. He's thinks he's like the coolest. And then being around practice, you know, during the season, that's another time where we can kind of steal like a date night is I'll show up towards the end of their practice on a weekday. And then because we're in DC, we can walk a block and be at six different restaurants. And so, you know, I'll make 
time to do that on a night where he doesn't have recruiting or whatever. So just being around and, you know, I want them to feel comfortable around me and that if there's something that, you know, that's going on or that they need that they feel comfortable. So I just try to be intentional on where I can show up and, you know, where I can support them outside of the game. Yeah, that's really good. For me, it's just a little different because they're still so young when they enter the league. I mean, a lot of these guys didn't even make it four years through college. You know, they're still like 18 year old kids when they come into the league, but they are put on this through this catapult of learning how to be adults. And I think Jarrell really connects well to those guys, the young like rookies, because he's just as experienced through his college recruiting and he's able to be like a mentor and a big brother for those kind of kids. For me, it's just not as easy to connect with them as I used to when he was in college. I would like bake for them after the games and, you know, like do all the things that I know how to show love and I know how to connect through food basically. And so um, I still do that to an extent, mainly it's for the coaches at this point, but Jarrell is really good at um, being able to, bridge that gap and help them kind of he fosters that relationship in them where they're having to grow up so fast whether that's financially or emotionally or um, professionally you know as they enter the league it's such a huge huge transition that I can't imagine doing at 18 19 20 even 21 years old so I just cheer him on as he does all of the things that he does because it's it looks difficult. Yeah, that's crazy. I bet that's a big job. But that's awesome that he really takes that upon himself to make that connection for them because I'm sure they really value that. For you guys, you both have your own thing like baking, marketing. So how do you really keep your own identity through this whole basketball journey and everything going on? Because I know it's crazy. You got kids. You've got a lot of other things on your plate supporting your husband. So how do you guys find time for yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's making the time, you know, because if we could, we'd probably add hours to the day. But it, it is about making the time. And I have an awesome boss who is very understanding about my life and all of the jobs. It's funny, my coworkers in just casual conversation are like, your schedule is exhausting me. And I'm just I'm just hearing about what you have to do this weekend. And so it's just I think, you know, having the support from, you know, my boss and Jamie and loves that I have my own thing and that I'm passionate about the work that I do. And And then it sounds cheesy, but self-care, like we have a Peloton in our basement and I will get on there with my headphones and I will just zone out. And, you know, making time for that really helps me just stay grounded and put myself first. I think that to add on to what Ali says, self-care is so important, but I find myself a lot of times just trying to give myself a little grace for not doing the things that I need to probably be doing to take care of myself. My personality is to give, 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 give until I just don't have anything left in the tank. And it's hard to remember to fill up your own tank sometimes. And so there are things that I do that I know help that, but also I just try to like give myself some time at you know the end of the day or at night to like give myself a little bit of grace say a little prayer and just hope for, you know, a better day the next day. Cause it's just, 
sometimes you're, you look at the clock and all of a sudden it's, you know, time to do bedtime and bath time, or, you know, it's time to go to a game. And there's just so many things happening. And I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as women, as wives, as significant others, as moms, as friends to show up and to be the best version of ourselves, But a lot of times just showing up is like the best version that you can give to yourself and to other people. So I just try to remind myself that it's okay to not always take care of yourself as long as you're like making an effort to make each day a little better than the one before that. Yeah, I love both of y'all's perspectives because a lot of the time you're like, this is just what it's going to be today. Like, I'm just getting through today and I'm happy that we got to this point (laughs) that I made it right here. So I think that's wonderful. And I have one more question. Um, So if you could go back and tell your younger self something before got into this crazy journey of basketball, what would you tell your younger self? In terms of the NBA right now, I remember how incredibly um, scared I was for Jarrell to enter this new chapter in his career. I feel like the bar was so high. The standards were so high. I didn't feel like myself coming from like a little small town and you know I have a very distinct accent that's always pointed out and I felt like I wasn't just gonna I just wasn't gonna fit in and knowing that at this point in our in his career where he's been doing this in the NBA for almost seven years now no matter what team you're with no matter what level you're on everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time and at the end of the day, we're all just trying to connect to people. So just I would remind myself to just be authentic, be myself, no matter if I'm scared (laughs) to do that, or if I'm worried about how people are going to receive it, because I can't be anything else other than myself, the most authentic version anyways. And so just like be true to who I am. And I'll be just fine. I agree with all of that. I think for me, something that I tell myself on a daily basis, especially on game days, is other people's opinions are none of my business. So early on when, you know, we were just dating and I would sit in the stands and, you know, the guy behind me thought he knew the perfect play call and Jamian was just blowing it. I would get so mad and like to the point where I would want to like turn around and be like, do you know he was up until 4 a.m. putting that play together? So back off. But now it's kind of like, again, everyone has their own opinion you know, everyone becomes the best basketball coach in the world when they're watching these games. And, you know, Jamin just shows up and magically, you know, knows exactly what the other team's going to run. But for me, it's just, you know, letting all of that go. Not everyone is going to like him. And that's okay. And, you know, we just need to focus on our circle and our people and the people that are riding with us. Awesome. But, you know, the people that aren't, Again, their opinion is none of my business and, you know, we'll just carry on. Love it. I love those perspectives. Thank you guys so much for doing this interview with us. It was awesome to have a two-for interview. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much and thank everyone for listening and we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E 
AV on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.